What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, January 25th, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 341. How's everybody doing? Hope you are well on this uh, beautiful, beautiful but chilly. Uh, it's one of those days in New York, not a cloud in the sky, but it's uh, a little brisk, as they say. Uh, but really, uh, a nice day here. Look, at least if I don't have to shovel snow, and um, and there's not ice everywhere, it's uh, it's okay. And um, I was talking to somebody. I think it was Giannis. My buddy Giannis Papasin, he goes, why do older, <laughs> why do older people, not that I'm older, but why the older you get, do you talk about weather? And I always thought, oh, it's just a conversation thing. It's a way, but no, it's like I said, you're mentally planning someday going south and these are just your ways of justifying it. That's what I'm sticking to. But I got a lot of stuff to talk about on 341 guys, a ton of stuff, um, not just the uh, NFC and AFC championship games, but I have a heckler story for you. I have my unacceptable, your guy's unacceptable. Uh, I'm had one of the worst Mondays of my life, uh, which was self-inflicted wounds, if you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, just uh, frustrated with some people, but can't burn the bridge. So it's... <laughs> It's a lot of that shit going on. So I have a packed out um, TVE for you guys. Also, um, got some uh, got some unacceptables. Going to get some backup unacceptables, but I'm going to get to the good ones and uh, get to... We have some new ones, I believe, some new people on here too. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and uh, enjoy TVE 341. Um, you know, oh, I want to thank the new subscribers to Patreon. You guys got three coming due to the sickness. I just didn't, man, I got to tell you something, but I got some, I got some, um, great inter- inter- interviews, geez, interviews for you guys. And, um, you're going to be getting so much TVE this week. Um, so, and thank you to the new subscribers on, um, on Patreon. Okay. And of course you're going to get, um, you're going to get this one, which I'm excited about because, um, things need to be said on this one. It's one of those things where like this one's going to be therapeutic for me, people. I need I need you to listen to me on this one. I need to get shit off my chest. I need to get shit off. I am stressed the fuck out. There's people that um it's a really hard thing to do. You know, we'll talk about that up front. I guess I'll talk about that up front, okay? Um it's a really hard thing to do when you don't want to alienate certain people and you don't want to burn bridges. However, and this goes to anybody in life, any, any, anything job that you have, any, you know, whether it would be, um, personal or professional relationships you may have, there's always the time where something is being done not right. And you have a choice. You have a choice to either, you know, Swallow hard and deal with it. Go at them hard and maybe burn a bridge. Or the one try the finesse thing in the middle. And I don't like that because when it's the finesse thing in the middle, it's not always ideal and you never really sometimes get to get out what you're really feeling and what you want to say. 
But um, the hardest thing is not burning bridges with bad people uh, when they're associated with other people that you love. Do you know what I mean? Um, I guess through just a third party or a friend of a friend. But then if you do something with that, then you got to worry about how your friend feels. Um, you know, it's just, it's just rough. There's a couple of, there, oh man, there's a couple of club owners that I would love to, to go at, uh, cause certain things aren't being done right by people and, and even two people that I love. But then people are like, Paul, you know what? That's your friend's problem, not yours. Now I'm a loyal guy. If I love somebody, I have a friend and they're, someone's doing them wrong, but they're not doing me wrong. I have a problem with moving forward with anything with that person. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, I, I get the whole thing of like, well, you got to just worry about how you're treated by the person. Yes and no. You know, if somebody loves you and treats you good, but they're really not great to your brother or your sister but they're great to you, what do you do? Or what if they're nothing to you, but kind of shitty to your brother or your sister? What do you do? It's the same thing with, you know, with friends and stuff like this and in this business. And I guess what bothers me, if I have to be honest, okay, and talk from the heart right here, which of course I'm going to do, because that's what the fuck the Verzi effect is, you know that. I feel like if I had more power in a certain situation, I would do what I want to do. But because in this particular situation, I don't have the level of power I would want, I'm held back on it. And that kills me and frustrates me. Does that make sense? Like this one situation, there's only one. There's one situation, okay, where I'm like, you know what? I want to just fucking tell these people to fuck off. I want to tell these people that they, they, you know, but I'm also in a position where it doesn't make sense. So I know it's not a good business move and I'm smart enough to not do something like that. Like I would never be one of these athletes that just tweets something and gets in trouble and fined by the team and have to have somebody say, Hey man, you got to calm down with the-. I could think before I do it. And, but the fact that I'm, I'm not doing it is hurting me because I feel like I would be just in doing it. And when you feel like you're just and right in doing something and you're held back from doing it, it fucks with you. It eats at you. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Oh, give me a couple of bourbons and you'll be seeing flames, people. (laughs) Bridges, you'll be seeing bridge debris (laughs) if I had a couple of drinks. Just a couple of shady things. And then you find out stuff. And I got to tell you, man, what's really crazy is the whole thing of like, keep your friends close but your enemies closer it's a real it's a real thing sometimes and luckily and hopefully it doesn't happen a lot and it's not too much of that shit in your life but if you notice everybody's got somebody i think and i hope i'm wrong but i'm usually not let's be honest but i hope i am but i feel like everybody's got somebody that they're kind of attached to in some way shape or form And it doesn't make sense to ruffle the feathers because it's either been a long time or you're over it or it's going to do no good. But you know deep down inside that that motherfucker in your life 
should have either A, been called out on something or shouldn't really be associated with you. And uh, it happens. And it definitely happens in this business. I'm finding some shit out. I am finding some shit out. Stuff from before. You're like, wow. Okay. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But that happens in every job. It happens in life. It's just all a matter of how you, um, I guess, how you deal with it. How you handle things like that. If somebody's being, you know, shitty to you. Or if somebody, the worst, isn't it the worst when you know somebody did something wrong by you and then you're greeted, you're greeted by a hug? And here's even another part that sucks. What about people that did wrong by you, but in their mind, they didn't. So when you call them out on it, they'll be like, no, we didn't do that because of that. That was because this, that's a norm. We would have, and, and you're just like, no, that's not right. So there's a couple of things like that going on, but that's, that's always going to be that way. It's always going to be that way. Um, anyways, let's, you know what we'll do? Because I got a, I got something, I got another thing. I have to get off my chest uh, that happened with uh, a heckler. And uh, we're going to get into that in a second. But first, let's get to the, I don't want to forget my amazing sponsors um, of the show. Okay, so let's let's get into the sponsors. Uh, and again, for the new year, I'm looking to get some um, more sponsors for TVE. If you guys, your company and everything, you have uh, a product that you want me to pitch or whatever, uh, hit me up, talk to me. Uh, talk to my people. No, and we will figure something out and I would love to, uh, to have you on the show if it is, uh, if it is a fit, of course. Um, TVE, I'm happy to announce. I mean, we have more than, um, we've gotten over a million downloads and, and here's the best thing. Now numbers are changing because what's happening with technology is you can get hits. Like I didn't realize, like there's so many, the nice thing is so many people from all over the world get to listen to the, you know, get to listen to the podcast even if they don't um, download it. Uh, so uh, please keep that coming. Please tell a friend. And, um, you know, if you do have a company or whatever, hit me up. Uh, if it is a fit, we will make it work. Uh, like I've made it work with the amazing Chassis, everybody. Chassis for men. Chassis premium body powder. Uh, what is Chassis, you ask? Well, Chassis is an incredible powder for a man's testicles, balls, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> groin area, man care for down there. Um, it is a premium body powder with a special hydro shield technology, guys. That's right. And uh, how long does it last? All day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. Uh, and it contains zero talc. It contains zero aluminum, zero parabens, and uh, no menthol. So there is none of that shit in this product. It is just an amazing fine powder, which uh, makes you feel fresh, makes you feel loose. They have amazing products. Other products they're launching, the shower primer, the extreme cream. Take it from me. It's amazing. Everybody has tested it. Everybody has approved it. Um, athletes are loving it. Athletes are using it. It, uh, I mean, put this on before the gym or going out on a hot day, or playing ball, going all that stuff. And um, your uh, your chassis, your undercarriage, or whatever, it will be uh, very, very well protected. Uh, take it from me. I love the product. I do not uh, get out of the shower and uh, get dressed without uh, using this product. Okay, so uh, check out chassis. One bottle of this amazing product will last you three to four months, even if you use it every day. 
Well, Paul, how do you spell chassis? That's a great question. It is C-H-A-S-S-I-S. And you could buy this wonderful product at chassisformen.com or amazon.com. Please get your bottles and products from this amazing company. Great people over there. Great, great people over there at Chassis. I went down there. I met him in Tampa. We talked. I talked to Fred McGriff. Had him on the podcast because Fred McGriff and Kenny Main did an ad for this um, amazing product. And I could tell you, great people. Very supportive. Owners of the company came out to see me perform. Talked to me. Came to my special. Um, so it's uh, it's a really, you know, it's a really cool tight-knit thing that I have with this company. And... Uh, you know, we're growing together. It's amazing. So check out Chassis um, and get it at ChassisForMen.com. And if you don't, you don't like me or the show, really, to be honest with you. And ladies, if you're listening going, well, Paul, this does nothing for me because I don't have balls. Well, you know what? There's somebody in your life with balls. Everybody in the world knows or has somebody in their life with a set of balls and you are doing them a disservice if they cannot rub this powder all over them. I stand by that. Okay, we should start a march for chassis just with fuck it. You know, (laughs) just just standing outside of gyms with billboards. Just how dare you do this to yourself? Um, But get the product today. All things comedy, guys. Go to all things comedy for your favorite podcasts like the Versi Effect podcast. Um, You could get all amazing content. They got a cooking show now. They got a they got a poker show now with comedians. Uh, Amazing albums they're putting out. They did my special, which we are in the works. We are in tough negotiations, but um, no, it's it's an amazing um, amazing company that is so artist friendly. They're amazing to their uh, to their people, and I learned that when I did my album night at the stand with them. I, I could not believe how I was treated as an artist and how amazing it was. I would never. Um, tell anybody to do anything other than, I mean, if you're an artist in comedy, these people are the best. So check them out. You can check them out at um, allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy and City Living Dog, Coach Mike. Check out Coach Mike's um, social media platforms, uh, Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. Just uh, check him out. He's an amazing, amazing dog trainer uh, up here in the uh, Northeast in the New England area, yeah, the Pats are going back to the Super Bowl, kid. Um, but check out Coach Mike and City Living Dog, and uh, you will thank me for it. If you have a pooch who's giving you a little problem, don't throw him in the basement or chain him somewhere or keep him in a crate. Talk to Coach Mike first. Let Coach Mike get bit for you and then fix the problem. I'm kidding, Mike. All right, guys, there you go. Um. Uh, that's right, kid. The Patriots guy. What's going on there? Fucking Tommy did it again. Oh, the New England Patriots. We'll get into the sports thing now. The New England Patriots pulled it off. I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for the Jaguars. I really was. I was rooting for the Jags. Um, Great story. Young team. Tom Coughlin gets screwed by the Giants. Goes there as the vice president of football operations of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Saxonville Jags, and that's a stupid name. And um, it looked like they had him. Had him 20-10 to 10 in the fourth. 
But uh, Tom, terrific. Danny Amendola, you can't, you just like, look, anytime you try to knock it, people try to say the officials, try to say that. The bottom line is if Brady makes the pass when he needs to make the pass. And another thing I'm going to say about the Patriots, all right? And I know there's some mass hole. Listen, go on, Paulie. Tell him, kid. Tell him where to buy. Listening to this fucking thing, guy. Like the Verzi effect. Guy's fucking pisser, kid. Here's the thing. You want to blame officials. You want to blame fucking, you know, this happened. Well, if this didn't happen, the bottom line is it did happen. And you want to talk about, oh, it's the system and you put anybody in there with Belichick and it'll make it happen. Listen, the system will get you so far. The system will make you march down the field a little bit and and make you have a set offense and make you run certain plays and all that stuff. A system can do that. But a system cannot give you heart. A system cannot give you that thing at the moment you need to make the throw. A system does not give you that special moment. Do you know what I'm saying? That special moment is you seeing something, having to anticipate a throw and making the throw. That's a human act. That's not a system. All right, that touchdown by Danny Amendola in the back of the end zone, as much as I didn't want to see it. Brady was looking, looking, looking. He put the ball high tight up in a place in between two defenders and Danny Amendola went up and got it and that's what champions do as much as it pains me to say that that's what happened you want to know what play killed the Jaguars I'm going to tell you what play if you guys watch that AFC championship closely the play that killed the Jaguars was that delay of game when they got that first down on third and 11 or like third and 17, or it was just a big play it was a big play that they had and they were getting into field goal range and they already had a nice lead and they make the catch by the sticks, and it's a first down, and they throw a flag because the guy snapped it when zero was on the play clock. That play killed the momentum, and that it just killed it. It killed it. There were a couple other plays, but that play was really, like, that would have been a big thing. Coaching cannot let that happen. You had a timeout, too. From what I understand, you could have called timeout before the delay of game penalty. You can't have that happen. That never happens with the Patriots. That's why good coaching That's why amazing quarterback, champions step up, they make championship plays. That's what the Patriots did. I didn't like it, 24 to 20 Jags. Um, But uh, the tease that I would have had there would have worked. Uh, The tease that I had there would have worked. And uh, I believe I said the Eagles. Did I not say the Eagles? I think I said the Eagles. I think I said I I think the Eagles were going to win. I can't see the... um, uh, Everybody was saying Minnesota... I think I said that on the podcast. I hope I did, because before the game I did, and I'm not bullshitting, but I think I did. But I just couldn't see a team playing the Super Bowl in their hometown. I think that I know that that sounds nuts, and you're like, Paul, that has nothing to do with the pick. It kind of did. Part of me was like, it's never happened in history. A team playing the Super Bowl in their hometown, it's just never really happened. I was like, I don't see it happening. Um, everybody was saying Vikings defense, and they're going to win and go. And I just didn't buy it at home in Philadelphia. But now here's the dilemma. You got these animals from Philadelphia. And by the way, I have to say something. And, and I, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. I Something happened with me and the people of Philadelphia that uh, changed me with them forever. And, and, and uh, part of me, if, I'm, if, I'm, if you heard this story before, but if, I know there's new people to the podcast. And this was a long time ago when this happened. This was years ago. So 
Um, when I opened for Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden um, in November of three years ago, I believe. Is it three years already? Fuck. It's two or three years, whatever. I opened for Bill at Madison Square Garden at the arena, like front of like 15,000. And to get used to the arena and acclimated, we did the arena in Philadelphia where the Flyers and 76ers play, which is the Wells Fargo Center. I think it was a little less than what we did at Madison Square Garden. I think it was like 10,000 people. Um, and I had a better time. Uh, well, we also had the sound issues at the Garden, but I had a better time in Philadelphia. I'd be lying if I didn't. Like, like Madison Square Garden meant more to me because I was home and my family's there. It's the Garden. I'm standing under the Knicks banners. I'm opening up for my dear friend Bill, and he wanted me to be a part of his amazing night at the Garden and to, for me to go out there and tell jokes. It was amazing. But as far as, like, a better experience for me, on stage was the Wells Fargo in Philadelphia, and I did a I did a joke which you guys will see in the special. Uh, and during the joke, they loved it so much that halfway during the joke, this amazing roar from the crowd, and they made me stop in the middle of the joke. They appreciated the premise so much, and they loved the joke so much um, that they just gave me this roar, and it was so amazing. And when I was talking. These 10,000 people were so quiet. But then when they were laughing and showing the appreciation for the joke or the punchline, they were just going nuts. And it was in that moment where I'm like, you know something, Philadelphia fans may get nuts about sports. And I'm sure they kind of use that now like it's part of their thing. But I got to tell you, they do have a love and an appreciation for, um, for things. And ever since that... I was like, yeah, these people may be animals, but they appreciated me and what I did, and and, and, I, and it's a connection that you have. I mean, you'd be lying if you said you didn't. However, that being said, those animals root for a team that's in the NFC East. My team is in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles are a big rival of the Giants, as are the Cowboys and Redskins. The Cowboys and, and, and Eagles more than the Redskins. But can I sit here, and here's my logic. My logic makes a lot of sense, guys. Can I sit here and root for a team that is hated by my team? And also, if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, that would mean that my New York football giants and my quarterback, Eli Manning, were the only team during this amazing dynasty that the Patriots have to beat them. That's right. Eli Manning beat Tom Terrific and Belichick. Not once, ladies and gentlemen, but twice. Now, I'm not saying that to dig, and I'm not saying that to be a dick to the people in New England. I'm saying that because it takes away a little bit if the Eagles now go in and win. Because now Eagles fans will be like, yeah, fuck you, you got them once, but we got them. We got them again. We got them too. But if the Eagles lose, the Giants are the only ones to do it. So that logic plays in your head a little bit. And the fact that it is the Eagles, uh, not to mention, geez, what those fans were doing to those fucking Viking fans was brutal. So I'm rooting for the Patriots and Tom. Tommy's going to get his sixth kid. I'm rooting for that, uh, but not hard. You know, this is not, I'm not going nuts for either team. You know, this is a Super Bowl where, like, if I have to get up and take a piss, I could miss a play or two. This is a Super Bowl where if I got to go grab a wing, 
you know, or dip a carrot in some blue cheese and I have to go upstairs to do it on second and eight, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do it. You know, where if it was another, t- you know, another game, I want to know that. But, you know, this is, this is almost the same song we've seen. You know, it's the same old song. You know, it's, it's just, that's what it is. So, uh, that's where I stand with, uh, with Tommy T. And, uh, you know, and the Patriots and the Eagles. I think that that's who, because people are like, you got to be rooting for the Eagles, right? You're going to be rooting for the Eagles. Like, no, why would I root for the Eagles? Because then the Eagles share that with us. I don't want to share that with them. I don't want to be sitting down with my friend from Philly and have him be able to chime in and go, hey, we did it too. I, I don't want that. How great would it be if Brady goes to all these Super Bowls and the only time the guy went down was by your team? So there you have it. That's with that. Uh, the Knicks are starting to stink again, guys. But I'm excited that they started to stink in late January. It's a good sign. You know, the fact that I was able to even talk about the Knicks until the 20th of January, 20-ish. Now or whatever, today's the 25th. They're probably going to make a splash in the trade to try to get into the playoffs. I still love the team. I love that Przingis is an all-star. So it's not all that bad. Uh, Nothing else going on. It's sad. Football's going to be over really soon. And then you just got basketball, and then, you know, you got to wait till April for baseball. So there's pretty much, that's pretty much what's going on in sports. College basketball, March Madness should be cool, but that's not for a little bit. So we got to wait. Um, okay, let's go. Should we go to your guys unacceptable? Where are we on time? I'm going to say 30. Uh, 25. All right, 25 minutes. Okay. Let's see here. Let's go to... I'll do my unacceptable, and then I'll go to your guys. My unacceptable is, oh, there's a mother, there's a, should I say this? Oh, should I say this? My wife's going to get mad at me if I say this. All right, let me just say this. I'll say it like this. See, I'm smart, guys. I'm not going to go off at the mouth here. I'm going to, you guys are smart enough to read between the lines. Do any of your kids go to school, and there's a kid in the school whose parents are just a little, you know, for the most part, I'd say 85, 90% of the parents, hey, yeah, you know, anytime you want to come over, come over, we'll have a glass of wine, the kids could play. But is there ever one that you're like, this person's a cunt? Like, there's definitely a couple of, I love, all right, I'm going to say this, <laughs> I'm digging a hole. 90, there is, uh, all right, there's a mother, dude, there's a mother that I can't stand, I can't fucking stand her, all right, I'm not gonna sugarcoat her anymore, she's just, she's not nice, I saw her, all the kids were in a gym once, and she was just cold, she was just like, you know, and when you rooted for one kid, she would go like harder for her, it was just, it's just a cold, not nice person, you know, And I just want to be like, you just see somebody like that. Like, I hope you're alone. I hope you're divorced and alone. Like, you don't deserve to, like, be home and have somebody come in and go, Hey, honey, I love you. You want to hang out? You don't deserve it. You know those people that don't deserve that? And I truly feel like people that don't deserve it don't have it. Do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I feel some people, listen, some people deserve it and don't have it. So I don't want to say that some people don't, but there are some people where it's like life and karma is like, you know what you got. You know why you're here. We all know why you're here. 
uh, yeah, it just drives me. And it's almost like an on-purpose cunty. Here's a nice thing. There's a, it's a busy school. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. And I'll never tell. I'll play like uh, Brittany Murphy in that in that in that thriller. God rest her soul. Um. All right. Here is my. Here is my unacceptable. Uh, by the way, I got hammered. Let me talk about that real quick. I got hammered for the AFC and NFC championship games with my brother. My brother comes over, and I didn't want to drink a lot. I wanted to enjoy the games. I'm not trying to drink a lot. But then he ends up sleeping over, and we make a fire in my backyard, and we get a bottle of Johnny, and we have a stick. And we're just having this amazing conversation. And I'm close with my little brother, and we're getting closer and closer, but I'm nine years older than him. But now, Lloyd, stop it. But now, you know, he's 30. I'm, you know, kind of close to him. It gets closer when you're nine years. You know, you're like, you're like right here. You know, it's like... So we're having this amazing discussion, right? And we're just talking about things when we're younger and we're bonding. And as we're doing it, we're, you know, talking about music. And, you know, he's a very talented songwriter and musician. And, you know, so we're just talking about music and and comedy. And we're just, you know, just pouring little, little sippers. But before you know it, it adds up. I got hammered. And I woke up and he woke up just puking. And I just was sick for 24 hours, just sick. Just felt awful, had to do a show, felt like shit, and it was awful. Uh, and it's so funny, you have these amazing times that you pay for, the balance of life. But here's my unacceptable, okay? I'm at the stand. Speaking of drunks, I'm at the stand. And I did the, I was on the 8 o'clock show, the 10 o'clock show, and... The um, uh, midnight show, and uh, we are we are uh, just you know ready to I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to get the hell out of there, and uh, you know I'm just like oh, last show of the night. I'm tired. I've been there all night. You know when you do an eight and a ten, you know you you could stay in between and eat, but you're just there for hours and you're talking to comics and it's just waiting around for this and that. Um, luckily I had other sets, so I was able to get in the car, go to a show and come back, but it was a long night and I was on at 1245, but the comic who was on at 1215, I was like, Hey man, do you have anywhere to be? And he was like, no. And I was like, you mind switching? And he was like, absolutely not. And I was like, Graham K shout out to Graham K. Thank you for that Graham. And I'll make it up. I told him, I was like, dude, I'll make it up to you. If there's ever a time I'm there, you know, it's, and I only have to wait a half hour difference and it'll help out a buddy. No worries. Um, and I go on stage, and the room wasn't as filled as, like, the first two were sold out. Second one was decent, but not sold out. And there's a lady just yelling at the host and talking and drunk. And I go up there, and, like, her bag was, like, hanging off her chair or her legs. So, like, when I went by her, it just fell. And she goes, what the hell? You're just, a, just already a shit show. And I go, oh, sorry. And I pick up her bag, and I give her the bag. And I go on stage, and I'm just talking. And we're just talking. And I'm having a good time and I'm going through some new jokes and I'm having fun. And then I do a joke that I did for my special. Cause I'm like, all right, let me let me, you know, give them something. You know, the special's not out yet. Let me give them some some you know, some jokes, you know, other than new ones. It's a weekend. I don't want to just do all new stuff. So I do a joke that I did for my special. It's a joke that always it always works. It's a joke about gay guys. 
And gay guys love the joke. Gay guys love the joke. They laugh. They're always like, oh my God, that's so true. It's nothing malicious at all. It's it's actually like, you know, shows how, you know, fun and cool like gay dudes can be. And then I, there was a table of two women. I got into it with them. I just said something. And everyone was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, is that inappropriate? And the lady, this, this drunk fucking just asshole, she goes... Nah, that's okay. But the other thing you said was was pretty. It was inappropriate. And I go, "What are you talking about?" Goes, you know, the thing you said about gay guys. I go, "The thing I said about gay guys." I said, "What are you talking?" I said, "Really? That's a fa- yeah, yeah, it is." And then a dude from Philly, ironically, happens with this podcast, goes, "Ma'am, you're in a comedy club," which was really nice. Then another group starts to turn on her, and like, yeah, and I go, "Guys, was that really offensive?" And like. Everybody said no except the table of women and this drunk women. And ladies, I'm not trying to fucking pick on you, okay? But you got something is happening with this fucking... Something is happening. I don't know, with this feminist movement or something. I don't know. But I did literally nothing wrong. And it was just like... And I don't know why. Somebody said, do you notice that 98% of hecklers are female? And I never realized that until I fucking realized that. And I'm just going like, what did I, it's almost like, it was almost bizarre. Because I was like, like, what I said was so not offensive, but it was almost like I could see somebody trying to find something offensive. And I'm not kidding you guys. If I said something that could have been like, well, Paul, you could see how somebody could say that, I would address it. I honestly would. You know, if you guys listen to the show, you know me, you know that I would. I would be like, yeah, you know what? I could totally, I totally, you know. And maybe when I was joking around back and forth at the table of women, you know, you could be like, oh, Paul, you know. Like, it, this, what they were upset about or what or what this woman said was offensive was a, was a joke that was just, it's not offensive. It's non-offensive. And, um, you know, people start, and I was just like, this is really fucking nuts. And then... I found out another thing that happened. Well, let, let me get to this. Let me get to this and just be like, because uh, I don't want to put all women in that category because it was, women lately have been really awesome. And I think I have been, been like, no, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you're a bet, like you're like that. Or I don't feel like I need to be so defensive. You know what I mean? But there's just this thing where I feel like people in comedy clubs, if something's going on, like everybody's so like defensive and it has their like, like antennas up for any little thing, even if it's not that. And I've noticed that. And, um, you know, you got to give him a pass. The march happened or whatever. People get a little fucking nuts or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, but I, I, so me and her get into it. And then I was like, ma'am, you're just making, you don't know what you're mad at. You know, I was like, I didn't say that. Yeah, no, nah, you did, but go ahead. And then I just was like, I just said something. And then I go, you know something? I go, you're like one of those protesters who when they get asked, what are they protesting? You don't know the reason. You don't have an answer. She goes, you don't know me. Don't say, don't put me. It's like, well, then, you know what? Somebody, don't put me in that situation. Somebody's like, yeah, you could have just said that. And I'm kind of pissed at myself. It was towards the end of my set. And I didn't want to ruin things for the other comedians. I had like three minutes left on stage. And I didn't want to just stop my show and destroy this person. So I kind of made it conversational and everything else. And kind of went and started to get off the subject or go to other people. But just, it was just this nitpicky thing that wasn't offensive. And I was like, man, that is unacceptable what you're doing. You're trying to find something. You're in a comedy club. 
And that's what I said. I go, that's what you find offensive at a comedy club on the fucking midnight show, lady? Really? And I heard this other thing, and I'm just going like, what's going on? I know somebody very close to me that works in a restaurant. They told me there was a party of six. (laughs) And in the party of six, this woman got her meal, salad, whatever it was, and ate it and didn't touch it, didn't like it. So the server comes up. And the server says, ma'am, is there a problem? And she's like, yeah, this is kind of not what I want. I'm like, oh, you know, we'll get you something else. No worries. We'll take it away and get you something else. And I guess she was embarrassed or whatever. And she didn't, she was with a party of six and she didn't want to do that. So she just lived with it. But they said multiple times, like, we'll take it. No, we'll take it away. We'll get you something you want. No worries. No, 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 that's fine. And just sat there with it. So then the lady leaves. And... And then writes a letter to the restaurant. And the letter states, I can't believe how you treated me. And then said, if I was a, if I was a white man, I would have been treated better. You would have comped my meal. You would have done this. Actually said that. And the woman was white. This wasn't a race thing. This was a, the woman was white. And she said, if I'm a, and it was almost like, what do you, we tried to, I mean, are you serious? It, it's, it's just... I don't know, man, like some people are just troublemakers trying to, trying to do something. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was done wrong at all. So whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but um, I just feel like I've been, just, I've been hearing these stories. Like, what's going on? Like, why, why is, what's the problem? You know, treat people like that when they do something wrong. Treat, if you want to go at somebody, you know, then go at them. And they should be. All these fucking sexual harassing pieces of shit, they deserve what they got. They deserve what they got. But but make it fair. Make it fair. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, like, don't just, like, all of a sudden it's like this, like, this, like, witch hunt for, like, I mean, I literally was on stage and I did nothing wrong and said nothing wrong. And, and listen, I will, I'm, I'm going to never, ever apologize for anything I did unless I truly mean the apology. Because that's the other thing. You know, you people apologizing just to save their ass or to say that. You apologize when you did something wrong. You apologize when you feel in your heart, you know what, I need to give an apology. Not because somebody is offended and thinks they deserve it, even if you know in your heart you did nothing wrong. Um, so there's two unacceptables here. One unacceptable is that this lady was looking for something to find and she went at something which is never one time I've been doing the joke so many times I did the joke on my special I've had gay guys come up to me about the joke and laugh I've had gay guys laughing in the crowd about it okay never once she just tried to find something uh one time I had an awkward thing with a gay guy in the crowd it was really funny he was like I was like oh so you and he was like yeah fine just go with it it was just whatever but anyway that's a whole other story uh but you know I almost feel like it's, um, I don't know, it's unacceptable what she did, and, uh, and it's unacceptable that I didn't fucking destroy her more, like, I could have just went and just, but it was, it was, it's something in my clock, something in my gut and my instinct told me not to, um, all right, let's see here, let's go to your guys' unacceptables, 
Uh, what do you got here? 39 minutes. Oh, we're doing great. All right. We got Bob. We got Bobby. Let's see what Bob says. This is a hotel unacceptable from Bob. Here we go. TVE episode 341. Unacceptables by you, the fans. If you'd like to submit, please submit them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Hey, Paul, I hope you had a good holiday and you are ready for 2018. Uh, now, I kicked ass this year and got something my wife actually liked. Like you talked about a couple of episodes ago, it's always the same old shit. Getting your spouse some random shit and hoping they like it. But in reality, we get ourselves the shit we want. Uh, we get ourselves the shit we want as we need it. That's true. So this year, I had a couple of extra bucks and booked my wife a two-night getaway without the kids to Vegas. Uh, it's about a six-hour drive for us from uh, SoCal, okay? We haven't had uh, a kid, a kidless getaway for a while. So we were both pumped. Now, Vegas is an expensive place these days, but a friend had stayed at the Mandalay Bay Hotel over Thanksgiving and told me they had great rates in the aftermath of the tragic shootings that occurred just two months ago. I considered myself... Uh, I consider myself a patriot, and I am not going to let some lunatic damage a brand that I like, so I decided to support the hotel and their staffs by booking there. I got a great rate of uh, $45 the first night and $75 the second night. Wow, that's fucking great. Would you stay in the room? Um, I don't know if I could stay in that room. You know what I mean? Like, that's a rough one. Um, we had a great trip and the hotel looks like it's back on its feet, which I'm glad to see. Here is where it gets unacceptable. Upon checking out and examining my bill, it was quite a bit higher than I had expected. Ah, here we go. Now don't get me wrong. I knew these fees were coming, but it's still a little hard to swallow when you see them. They are hitting me for 35 a day for resort fee. In my mind, <laughs> in January, it's 50 degrees out in the day, and there will be no swimming uh, pool time. Uh, what do I get for my 35 a day? Free Wi-Fi, which is nice, but these days my G4 works better than Wi-Fi most of the time. Free use of uh, boarding uh, pass printers. Again, I drove, but if I was flying, I'm using my phone, not some stupid uh, paper pass that I could print for free at an uh, airport kiosk. Uh, free local calls from the room. Last time we stayed in Vegas, we had two rooms, and my daughter used the phone to call my cell phone from the next room, and they tried to charge me 25 for the call. Again, something I'm not going to use. And get this, $4.65 tax on the resort fee. Those fuckers. To top it off, they now charge 12 a day to park your car, Meanwhile, I'm losing 50 um, <laughs> in minutes to a blackjack dealer who only seems to pull face cards. So on top of the daily rate, they are adding 52.65 per day. So my 45 rate was actually 96 and the 75 rate was 127. Here's the thing. If I looked for a room and found it for uh, 96 or 125 per night uh, out the door, I'd have booked that price. 
It's just unacceptable to trick people into thinking they are getting a good value only to jack up their prices with uh, extras you don't want or need. So I did my part in supporting a business that got kicked in the balls by a tragedy, but fuck them if they think uh, I'm going to get pl- uh, played like a fool. Take care, Bob. Yeah, that sucks, man. That sucks. And it's like you would think, though, too, that some people would be a little, you know, people would be a little fucking conscious of of that. You know, you would think that they would be a little like, you know, hey, man, tragedy happened here. People probably want to stay away from this place for a little while. Let's, like, go easy on the on the extras. Let's go easy on those fees. Let's be, like, I mean, like, now is the time for Mandalay Bay to be, like, over-accommodating and let people know that they're back and let people, you know, and do all that stuff, I would think, you know. I mean, I know they got to make money and business as usual, but I would just think, like, in the aftermath, you would kind of, you know, not hit somebody over the head with an extra 52 uh, that's not advertised. So you're absolutely right, Bob. Thank you so much for the uh, submission. Great way to uh, kick things off. Here we go. Uh, unacceptable from Kyle. Here's Kyle. Hey, Verzi, been a big fan of yours since I saw you with Burr in Ottawa a few years ago. Uh, I even got to meet you and buy your album in Ottawa when you came to uh, Absolute Comedy. Love the podcast, especially when you're fired up about shit. Uh, well, thank you, Kyle. Uh, First time submitting an unacceptable here, but it's one that got me uh, real fired up. I recently had to move out of uh, my apartment because of bed bugs. Paul, I'm a clean and neat guy, so this grossed me out big time. Turns out my neighbor, the apartment next to me, moved out a couple of months ago because of bed bugs as well. Wow, dude. I never experienced bed bugs, but I've talked to people that say like it basically ends the apartment. Uh, I only found out because when I was moving out of a different neighborhood, uh, when I was moving out, a different neighborhood asked me why then, why then I told her, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I fucked that up, guys. I'm sorry, let me make this a little bigger. There we go. I only found out because when I was moving out, a different neighbor asked me why uh, then I told her about the bed bugs, and she's like, uh, yeah, those people beside you uh, uh, do, did too. Uh, what's unacceptable to me is that the building manager never told me shit about bed, the, the bed bug problem. Obviously, if I knew my neighbor moved out because of bed bugs, uh, I, exactly, yeah, I would do something about it or have them check my apartment. Nope, nothing. Not a word from building management or even my neighbor being like, yeah, uh, we got a bed bug problem on this floor. Get your place checked. I lost my bed, some furniture, and even started having nightmares about them crawling on my skin. I'm 30 and had to move back to my parents um, because I didn't want to spread these motherfuckers to a new place. I'm taking them to court. Uh, oh, I thought you meant you're taking the bed bugs to court. You just see the court stand just get devoured. <laughs> It's just like sawdust, fucking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to make light of your first, because this is this is really fucked up. Um, I'm taking them to court for losses, but in the meantime, fuck that building and fuck the bed bugs. Thanks for reading this and letting me vent. Love the show and can't wait for the special to come out. Hope to see you in Ottawa again soon. Thank you so much, Kyle. I appreciate that, and uh, that's a great one. I never had a bed bug uh, unacceptable on the show. And it's disgusting. I've heard about it. I've heard uh, somebody say they had bed bugs and they tried everything, couldn't get rid of them, had to leave the apartment. 
Uh, I don't even know what I would do in, in, a, in a mess like that. It sounds like you did the right thing. Like, just start over. Just be like, Mom, Dad, I got to come over and fucking just chill for a month. Just shower every day, burn my clothes, <laughs> and start over. Thank you for the submission. That's wild, man. Uh, that is wild. Um, okay, here we go. Here we go. So, let's go. This is from Felicia. And uh, what I would like to do with this one here is uh, wish a very happy birthday to her wife, Jason Burr. That's right. Jason Burr. She's got an unacceptable here. Okay, so here's, here's, uh, here's what she said. She said, hi, Paul. I know you meet a lot of people here, uh, but my husband, Jason Burr, and I have attended your and Bill's shows and learned to love you both. So you may remember my husband and I from meeting us in Huntsville, Alabama. We gave you a little treat after the show. Uh, anyway, my unacceptable is that, is that what is up with your smoking hot wife? I saw a photo of you two together. Great couple. You scored. Thank you. Yes, I did. Um, and then you go on to say that it is your uh, husband's birthday today. And uh, since he is such a fan and uh, you guys are fans and everything, um, I like to say happy birthday to uh, Jason Burr. Uh, thank you to uh, you and your lovely wife, Felicia. Thank you, Felicia, for uh, writing in. And uh, I don't know why my wife being smoking hot is, is <laughs> unacceptable. That's what I do, Felicia. You didn't know that? That's what I do? What did you think? I was going to be walking around the streets with some dog? Come on, Felicia. You know, I mean, I know I'm not a 10. I know I'm 5'8 and bald, but fucking shit. Um, but uh, anyway, man, I hope you have a uh, happy birthday, Jason. You got a cool wife, and I'm glad you guys, I think you guys got good taste in podcasts and comedy. How about that? Thank you guys so much for the submission. Um, here we go. My guy. My guy. Kelly Meyer. Shout out. KM. Stand-up comedy unacceptable from Kelly Meyer. Here we go. Relax, everybody. This is not an IBS uh, one yet. We didn't get an IBS one yet for 2018. But I like that we didn't. He's got to work it up. He's got to have a real story for it. He's earned that, damn it, over the years. But he does have a stand-up comedy unacceptable. Kelly Meyer, here we go. Paul, this shit is truly unacceptable, and I'm fucking pissed. Last week, comedian Tom Segura came out with a special on Netflix. There is now a massive movement on social media to have his special removed from Netflix. Why? Because he used the word retarded in his special. He didn't even use it in the manner directed at any person or group of people. To paraphrase his bit, he said, you can't say the word retarded anymore. Even if your friend comes up with a really bad idea, you can't say that's retarded uh, or your idea has a 21st uh, chromosome. Aside from movements and petitions to have this uh, special removed from Netflix, people have actually threatened him with physical violence on social media. One person said he was going to curb stomp Tom for using the word. I'm so fucking sick and tired of people getting offended at every uh, goddamn thing they don't like. What is this country coming to when people start these ridiculous movements uh, uh, over being offended? Shut the fuck up and let 99% of us who aren't offended enjoy stand-up without having to listen to you uh, whiny cunts. 
And for fuck's sake, the name of the special is disgraceful. So maybe if you offend easily, you shouldn't watch it. Fuck these people up their stupid fucking asses. Lock them all in cages without access to social media and make these cunts listen to comedians make fun of everything that offends them for the rest of their uh, of fucking eternity. Unacceptable. Um, look, you know what's funny is I never... I, I met literally almost all of Tom's friends and uh, like close friends and at festivals. I was supposed to be at a festival in Pittsburgh with Tom. Maybe he was at another venue. I never ran into Tom, but all I've heard from people is how uh, he's a good dude, super funny. I did not see the special, but I did hear about a petition of of what you said um, and uh, these uh, groups uh, or a group trying to get this removed. And uh, yeah, it's it's just wild, man. Like, I don't know um, what's going on. I don't know. What he said. I know. I saw a clip, but I didn't see. I don't. I didn't see the whole thing. I didn't see the whole bit. But look, man. Um, you know the the one thing is that I I do feel, and and I've always said this. You guys heard me say this on a thing. I almost feel like there needs to be a disclaimer before every stand up show you see, and have it be fucking head to toe, ceiling to floor at a comedy club, written in big words, saying you're gonna hear things about mentally challenged people. You're going to hear things about drugs. You're going to hear things about cancer. You're going to hear things about little kids. You're going to hear things about rape. You're going to hear things about molestation. You're going to hear things about you, you know violence. You're going to hear these things. And what people don't understand is sometimes people talk about them in a way to make humor, but it's they, the way that they deal with things. And that's what comedy is about. It comes from certain places for certain reasons. And when you're in that thing, that's what it is. And um, people are going to get offended sometimes with things. And it's their right to get offended, but but then just but know when it's comedy, that's what it is. Like, I don't understand these people. Some people, and I'm not saying this is the case here um, at all, but I've heard of people that have like showed, like want a problem. Like they want a problem. They're looking for it. Even if they don't say, or even if it's subconscious, they want somebody to say something and it sucks. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't get offended. A lot of people deal with it. You know, I did a joke about Stephen Hawking's, right? I did a joke about Stephen Hawking's at night at the stand and, uh, people cried laughing at the joke. And I remember I did the joke, and I did it one time in front of a fan of mine who's in a wheelchair. And they're in a wheelchair the rest of their life, okay? And uh, I didn't know how it was going to be received. And they were crying laughing. They were like, oh my God, it was so good because it just, it actually, you know, and it was like, because they understand that they're going to see that and they're going to hear that. And I just think that that's the problem right now. I feel like people, I feel like with the, the social climate today, people think it's okay for this political correctness and everybody being offended. They think it's okay in a comedy room and it's not. It's not okay in a comedy room. Okay, you want to talk about political correctness in the workplace in corporate America? You want to talk about about that? Fine. When when a comedian is on fucking stage and you're in the crowd, you know, listen, we're the last line of defense, guys. Somebody said that and I believe it. 
We got to say what we got to say. I'm going to say what the fuck I'm going to say, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I hope the for the best. All I can say is I hope for the best for Tom Segura and his family. And um, it's, a, it's a shame that the, the people who uh, watched it got offended. And I think anybody who's easily offended really needs to understand that when it comes to comedy, there really are, are no rules. Within reason now. You know, I'm not saying if somebody goes up there and is like, you know, starting to talk about awful, awful things and really say me just to do it, stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about obviously a sane person trying to make a joke. You have to know that that's what you could hear. Thank you, Kelly. You make a good point. You bring a, a, a big issue up on the show. Even when you're not shitting your pants, Kel. Uh, cat problem fix. This is from Eli. Uh, Levi says, hey, Paul, love the podcast. I can't wait to see your special. Well, thank you. I got an easy fix to solve the annoying cat problem you, the family, and Lloyd are having. Option one, get some pneumonia and take a paintbrush <laughs> and coat the outside area of the window for those evil cats uh, uh, of your windows that those evil cats are showing up to. You may have to do this a couple of times a week to your windows. Animals can't stand the smell of pneumonia and won't go near something that smells of ammonia. Okay. Uh, get some ghost pepper oil with a paintbrush. Coat the outside of your window. Yeah, but is this shit flammable? I don't want to fucking spark and all of a sudden my fuck, you know window goes up because I got fucking... <laughs> Caution, do not get this on your hands. Uh, it will burn you. In India, people rub their fences with ghost pepper um, <laughs> to keep elephants away. Option one should do the trick. Option two, more drastic approach. Pretty soon those cats will not want to go near your windows. All the best to you and your family. <laughs> uh, Cafe Macchiato. Okay, try a nub. Cafe Macchiato cigar, the tobacco uh, leaves are layered with coffee and chocolate. Oh, great. Thank you. There you go. Thank you so much. That is hilarious. Uh, I might take you up on that. My wife's going to be like, why the fuck are you outside with pneumonia and like cloths and brushes? Like, go inside, honey. I'm taking care of a problem. Let's see where we are. I got one more. All right. Oh, it's perfect. Got one more. 57 minutes. Here we go. All right. This one is from Justin. This one says supermarket suicide. So here we go. Supermarket suicide uh, from Justin. Paul, yesterday I headed over to a buddy's house to hit the bottle with him uh, and a few friends. And we ended up running out of mixer. So like the good Samaritan I am, I take one for the team and decide to walk to the nearest supermarket about a block away to grab some Coke. Uh, I don't know what it is about stores uh, after a certain hour but it turns into a hub for Prozac-fueled mothers getting groceries for their family and single guys who want to live life on the edge and not shop during practical hours. But I'm getting off topic. Anyway, I grab my purchases and head up to the only checkout line available at this time, and there's a dude uh, who just had got there, and his uh, ungodly mass... <laughs> was covering up the bulk of shit I would uh, later find out he had in uh, in this cart. First unacceptable is that this glazed ham beast looked at me and saw I had two items 
and began to put shit on the counter. I hate that. Total dick move. Secondly, even with how much of an asshole this guy was, I saw that there was one girl at the counter and easily $400 worth of groceries in front of her to scan and bag. So I give her a hand, that's nice of you, shit, in loading this pig's bags into his steel drop. But Paul, after this woman finishes ringing um, up this fat fuck stuff, he conveniently uh, discovered he had forgotten his wallet and walked out without even an apology. I'm pretty empathetic for other people, and especially after uh, I'm a bit inebriated, but this is the first time I've ever felt like I've wanted to kill myself for another person knowing she would have to put all this stuff back. Thanks for the laughs, uh, and I wrote a request to Tempe Improv to try and book you, so I hope to see you soon. Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, I love the guys in Tempe. Uh, they're the same guys in uh, Phoenix, and they're great. It's a great club, so hopefully uh, hopefully I'll be back there soon. Thank you all for the Unacceptables. That is it. If you'd like to submit your Unacceptables, please submit them to Unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com, guys. Um, that was awesome. That one, Those were really good ones. Those are different ones, too, um, for the show. Uh, the bed bugs thing creeps me out. Not going to lie. That one, uh, you can't appreciate. You don't appreciate fresh linens. Um, <laughs> until you have, until you, until you know that some people are fucking living with bugs. Um, yeah, but we did the sports. We did everything guys. Uh, so this has been the episode. Oh, as far as plugs, I got a lot of dates coming up. All right. And more and more dates are coming up. Um, so let's see here. Let's see here what we have. Of course, I'm getting a ton of like texts and emails and shit that are important while I'm doing this podcast. But if I wasn't doing the podcast, nothing would come in. But as I'm doing the fucking podcast, I'm just seeing this. My agent's emailing me. I got a text over here about work, all kinds of stuff. But no, of course, of course. All right, here we go. Let's go. So here are the dates, guys, that I have on there already. If you guys are in these areas. All right. And um, I will be with Bill Burr. We're trying to do something in Canada together because we don't get to work together that much anymore, and it's kind of sad. Um, but no, man, we're we're gonna I'm gonna be with Bill in Vancouver, for sure. Uh, so uh, tomorrow night I'll be at the Philly, the new Philly Comedy Club in Philadelphia. Probably telling them that I'm rooting for the Patriots, but I'll be at the Philly Comedy Club in Philadelphia tomorrow at eight o'clock. Check that out. This Saturday I will be at the Stand. Um, I will be. Uh, on at 7.15, 8.15, Dangerfield's at 9, The Stand at 10.15, Dangerfield's at 11. Five shows tomorrow night. Wednesday, I'll be at Empire Casino in Yonkers. Um, then in February, I got <clears throat> dates at the at Stand Up New York. <clears throat> Jesus. Uh, I'll be at uh, Friday, February 9th, I'll be at Lucy's Laugh Lounge in Pleasantville, New York. Okay. Uh, I will be in Santa Barbara, California with Bill Burr at the Arlington Theater. Uh, Friday, February 16th, I'll be at the Norwalk Comedy Club. So check those out. I got more dates coming. I will also be back. Uh, I will be in Vancouver at the Queen Elizabeth Theater with Bill Burr. Two shows, 7 and 9.30. Um, that is in uh, March, March 8th. But I will be in, uh, also in March, I'll be at the New Cabot Comedy Club, I believe. I will confirm, but it looks like I'll be at the New Comedy Club on the, um, what is it? 
29th through the 31st of March. So if you're in that area, check that out. And it's the new Cabot Comedy Club. New room, all that stuff. I heard it's great. So check that out. Please check out my sponsors, guys. Check out. Um, please check out chassisformen.com. Buy their products. It's an amazing powder um, for your uh, man parts down there. Man care for down there. Chassis for men. It's amazing. Please check it out. Uh, also check out uh, Coach Mike and City Living Dog. Check out all his stuff and check out all things comedy. You guys are amazing. You're getting more Patreons. Trust me, they're coming uh, in the bank. They're coming. Okay, thank you guys for the subscription. You're going to get a lot more of TVE this week and me. I hope you enjoy that. And until next week, uh, there's no football, so we don't have to talk about that. I'm out of here, guys. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.